worship team, and uh, thank you for the testimony, Mike. It's great hearing. By the way, if anybody has a testimony you want to share like that about the goodness and greatness of our God, how he's working in your life, please talk to us and we'll try to work that in. <clears throat> but it's great to see how God is at work in, in our lives. <clears throat> You know, one of the things that's been on my mind recently, by the way, we're in the book of Colossians. Um, I'll tell you about what was on my mind recently as you're turning to Colossians. Um, Colossians in the Pew Bible is page 1168. And while you're turning there, One of the things that's been on my mind recently <coughs> is the invisibility of our God. God is invisible to us right now, and <coughs> you're probably thinking, uh, I already knew that. But uh, <coughs> sometimes I, I don't think we, at least I don't, ponder the reality that the things that we cannot see are the really important things. As I was driving to, to a church this morning, seeing the sun shining across these beautiful trees, especially after like three days of rain, uh, it's just so beautiful, isn't it? The, the colors that God made. And the, the thought came to my mind, this is so beautiful. It's so beautiful to see God's handiwork in creation. But then the verse came to my mind that the Bible says, by faith we realize that the things that we see were made by the things that we cannot see. In other words, this didn't just happen by a big bang. Every year... There's a, there's a autumnal equinox, there's a winter solstice, there's a spring or vernal equinox, and a summer solstice, and the seasons change, and the trees turn color, and God said as long as the earth remains, there's going to be winter and summer and seed time and harvest, and God is the determiner of seasons. And, and, and all of this the, uh, the other morning I was out early deer hunting and the sun had not come up yet and I saw a meteorite or something, a shooting star. It was just beautiful against the black sky. It was there for just a second and then it was gone. And I thought, wow, think of all the meteors that I cannot see. And I just happened to see that one just for a split second. And it was only because I was out hunting because I wouldn't have normally been doing that. But think of all the unseen realities of our God. <clears throat> Laws of physics, we can't see them. And yet we live in them all the time. There's so many things that we cannot see, but the Bible tells us the things that we can see were made by things we cannot see. That's Romans cha or Hebrews chapter 11. And then the Bible also tells us 
that even though our outer, outer man is decaying, yet inwardly we are renewed day by day while we look to the th- not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen, because the things that we see are only temporary. The things that are unseen are eternal. Like our God, and like Him sitting on His throne, we cannot see that yet. You know what we see? We see the mess all around us in the world. We see our trials. I, I just appreciate so much Amelia's verse of the week. Um, in this you greatly rejoice. In what? In the fact that we have an inheritance kept for us in heaven. We who are also being kept by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed at the last time, in this we greatly rejoice. We're greatly rejoicing in the invisible reality that we cannot see, even though, if necessary, now, in a temporary time period, we are grieved with various trials. That's the things we see. So we're sorrowing over the sadness around us in many ways, but we're rejoicing in the unseen realities that are way more real than the things you can see. I just want to say to you, and I say it to me, don't get lulled to sleep in thinking that the things I can't see are not real. And only the things I see are the real things. That's a strategy of the enemy. The things that... oh. God loves physicality. He loves, he's the one that made maple leaves to turn red. And heaven is going to be chocked full of physical reality. I believe that. Because God loves physicality. The second person of the Trinity, the Lord Jesus himself, took on a human body. In fact, Adam was made after Jesus. Jesus was the prototype, not the other way around. Jesus is the preeminent physical God-man. And God, I believe heaven is going to be a very physical experience. Uh, I don't think it's going to be like Casper the Friendly Ghost floating around on clouds playing harps. Casper the Friendly Ghost, that, that's a day or two ago. But What I'm saying is, <clears throat> I just think it's good to train our minds to remember the invisible things are more permanent than the visible. Rejoice in the visible. Thank God for the physical beauty that we see, but trust Him for what we cannot see, and that includes our prayers. That's, that brings us to our, to our passage today where Paul prays for these believers in Colossae. You know, a lot of times we don't see our prayers going up to heaven. Oh, we don't. We don't see God sitting on his throne, but we see him work. Like Mike shared about the answers to prayer for Bambi, getting Bambi home. And it's good to see you both here today, by the way. It's good to see everybody here, but that was a special prayer need that we all experience together. So just dwelling on that, in the beauty of fall, remember, 
remember this, the best is yet to come. And in the middle of our trials and our, our struggles, remember it's only temporary. Remember that. And, and, and I'm, I'm not trying to play mind games with you. I'm just trying to remind me and you of what the Bible tells us is true. So, okay, so let's go to the book of Colossians, chapter 1. And I'm going to start, uh, we're, we're going to cover verses 9 through 14 today. But I'm going to start back at verse 3, where Paul begins his prayer. He starts this whole section out just giving thanks to God for what God has done in Christ for the Colossians. Um, so I'll start at verse 3, and I'm going to read down through verse 14. Just before I read, let's pray together. Father God, we thank you and praise you that you made this whole universe by the word of your power. Lord, we thank you that the Bible teaches us, in fact, we'll get to it in another week or so, that the Lord Jesus himself, Lord Jesus, you hold this universe up and you hold it all together by the word of your power. We bless you and we praise you this morning for who you are. Now, Lord, as we, as we come into your word, as a, our time in your word, would you please help us? Help me as I try to preach and help all of us as we listen. And Lord, I just pray that you would help us to see clearly what your word is saying and that you would help us love what we hear to be true about you. And then, Lord, help us to respond in the way that would be pleasing to you. So come and help us in these ways, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Colossians chapter 1, starting at verse 3. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Of this you have heard before in the word of truth, the gospel, which has come to you as indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit and increasing as it, is, as it also does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth. Just as you learned it from Epaphras, our, our beloved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the Spirit. And so, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Hallelujah. 
the word of the Lord. I am so thankful for this passage where Paul is praying for the Colossians to have a full understanding of God's will. One of the reasons I, I like this is because the Bible says in Romans chapter 8 that we do not know how to pray as we ought. But the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness because he intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Aren't you glad of that? I mean, God wants us to pray just like a father wants his children to ask for things. But we stumble and we don't always know how to pray as we ought. But the Holy Spirit of God prays for us when we pray. Man, am I glad of that. But one of the things that I notice about the prayers in the Bible is they are of a spiritual nature most of the time. Most of the time. Um, I mean, sometimes you will have a prayer for healing in the Bible, a physical healing or a physical problem. Um, but most of the time, the prayers modeled for us, and like the, this is a prayer modeled by the Apostle Paul, and, and the Holy Spirit was directing his pen to write what he wrote. So the Holy Spirit is modeling for us ways to pray that are better. And that doesn't mean we shouldn't pray for physical healing. I don't mean that. But I'm saying mainly let's pray for the things that deal with eternity. If the physical body that we experience now is only temporary, let's target the prayers that are in the invisible realm, the spiritual things. And that's what Paul is doing here. He's saying, ever since we heard about how you responded to the gospel, you embrace Christ. We have not stopped praying for you. And we, have, we are asking that you, this is verse 9, that you would be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. That you would be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. I and mean, I, think, I think he puts that uh, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding on there just to, just to make it clear, this takes a work of God. This is not something that you can just come up with on your own. That's why we're praying and we're asking that God would give you a full, that you'd be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. The, the term filling there is an interesting phrase, um, Main the, the, um, the main commentary I'm using is from Baker Publishers. Uh, Beale is the guy, I can't remember his first name, but uh, he makes the point in his commentary that this is not a spatial filling, not, not that they be filled as in a spatial sense, but in a figurative sense. It refers to what a person is characterized by, like in the book of Ephesians, Paul said, be filled with the Spirit. Uh, be controlled by the Spirit, be characterized by the Holy Spirit in the way you live. And he also points out that this is probably an allusion by Paul to the Old Testament context of the tabernacle when he says, I want you to be filled with the knowledge of his will. Remember in the Old Testament, the tabernacle was filled with the presence of God when, when, um, when Moses 
had gone through all the things that they were supposed to do, Moses and Aaron, and then God's presence filled the tabernacle. The fullness of the presence of God was something that the tabernacle was known for. And there was another occasion in the Old Testament where someone was filled with the Spirit of God so that it gave them knowledge. And that is, I'll just read this from Exodus 31, starting at verse 1. The Lord said to Moses, See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, son of Hur of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with ability and intelligence, with knowledge and all craftsmanship, to devise artistic designs, to work in gold, silver, and bronze, and in cutting stones for setting, and in carving wood to work in every craft. And behold, I have appointed with him Oholiab, the son of Ahisamach, of the tribe of Dan. <clears throat> so God had, I just call them uh, B and O, uh, because I can't say those names very good, but God filled them with his spirit so they would have knowledge on how to build the tabernacle, do all that embroidered work, all that uh, uh, gold work. And I think in a similar sense, God is praying for the, uh, Paul is praying for the Colossians and saying, I want you to be filled with the knowledge of his will so that you will know how to build up the church of God, the church of Jesus Christ there in Colossae. <clears throat> But in verse 9, he says, I'm asking that you be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. When we think of the will of God, what do you typically think of? I know what I think of. God, what is your will? Where should I go to school? After, what should I do after high school? I remember a specific time in my life where I was praying that. What is your will? What do you... And then I met Diana Stoschke. She's in the nursery today. But I said, God, is this your will? This is too good to be true. So who am I going to marry? Where am I going? Lord, Cement City, Michigan? Come on. Is this your will? You know, we, we tend to think of God's will when we are looking for major decisions in life or directions in life, don't we? I, I'm not saying that's bad. I'm saying maybe our definition needs to expand. Lord, what, what, what does will mean? It means what you want. Have you ever asked yourself that question, Lord, what do you want? I remember reading my grandfather's Bible when I was a junior in high school, and start, I started to pray that prayer, because the Bible was starting to get into my heart, and I said, Lord, what do you want? What do you want? I don't know if you have the same problem sometimes I have, like, we hardly ever go out to eat because my wife is such a good cook. And we save money by staying at home. But every once in a while, we'll go out. Like her birthday's coming up. And I'll say, okay, where do you, where do you want to go to eat? Oh, I don't care. Where do you want to go? 
I picked last time. This, this is you. Go ahead. I, I'm, I'm totally fine. I, I'll go anywhere. Okay, how about Mexican? I don't want Mexican. What? <laughs> well, at least you know what you don't want. But when we think about God's will, I think what Paul's praying is, I want you to be filled with a sensitivity to what God wants. What he wants. You know, you know Jesus, Jesus said in John chapter 4 when he had been talking to that woman at the well. Do you remember John chapter 4, the woman at the well? And the, the, uh, the disciples come back. After Jesus says to the woman, I am the Messiah, she runs into town and starts telling the people, hey, I think, come and meet a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? <clears throat> Meanwhile, the disciples come back and say, Lord, we got some food here. Here's some food. And he says, you know what? I have food to eat that you don't know about. And they said, what? Somebody give you food? And he said, my food is to do the will of my father and to accomplish his work. As if to say, you know what really satisfies me and fortifies me is to do my father's desires. Isn't that a beautiful, beautiful picture of our Lord? I think that's what Paul's praying here for these Colossians. I want you to be filled with knowing what our Father desires. That's a great prayer, isn't it? If you don't know what to pray for me, pray that one for me. I'd like that. The Apostle Paul goes on, pray that you be filled with a knowledge of His will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So, see verse 10, how it starts with a so? That, that means... The purpose, that's, that's introducing a purpose. For the purpose that you would walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work, and, and, and increasing in the knowledge of God. So Paul tells him not just what he's praying, but he tells him why he's praying it, so that you will live a life worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. That was the Lord Jesus, wasn't it? <clears throat> Listen to what Jesus said in John chapter 8, starting at verse 28. So Jesus said to them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He, that I do nothing on my own authority, but I speak just as the Father taught me, and he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. Wow. Could, could any of us ever say that? Always do the things that are pleasing to him. Praise the Lord that Jesus always did the things that were pleasing to his heavenly Father. And I think that's what Paul's praying. I will pray that you be filled with the knowledge of his will so that you will walk in a manner worthy of him, fully pleasing to him, and bearing fruit in every good work. When we are filled with the knowledge of God's will, 
with all spiritual wisdom and understanding, we will bear fruit in all kinds of good works. We were redeemed from every lawless deed by our great Redeemer so he could make us his own special people who are zealous for doing good deeds. Titus 2.14. And then it says, and increasing in the knowledge of God. He's praying this because he also wants us to increase in our knowledge of God. This isn't just some head knowledge, but it means experientially knowing God more, deeper, and more fully in our lives. That's a great prayer. And then he he adds more, and I think I kind of see it as a second request, starting down in verse... Um, 11, he's, he's saying, I'm praying that you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. Notice there's a lot of alls, isn't there? These are sweeping prayers. These are big asks. He doesn't just say, God, uh, give him a little more strength, just enough to squeak by. He's saying, I'm praying that you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. That's a big metric, isn't it? God's glorious might is unlimited. I'm praying that you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. Oh, man. It's one thing to have endurance and patience, but to have it with joy? What he's talking about there is the Christian life is a life of love. We looked at this in Sunday school class today. The Christian life is a life of sacrificing yourself to love others in his name serving other people. And that takes patience and endurance. In the original language, it's hupomone and makrothomia. That means bearing up long underneath and suffering long. Patience and long-suffering with joy. Okay. We just launched into the impossible, right? Right? My wife and I just had a wonderful uh, week with our children and their children and their dogs. And it was great. I'm glad they're gone. (laughs) But uh, the reason we sort of say that jokingly is it can be draining, you know, Um, especially when you're old. But um, the Christian life, the Christian life, to, to be able to be patient with people and to endure long with people, serving people, giving of yourself with joy? I mean, real authentic joy, not just a Colgate smile joy, but the real deal? That is supernatural. That has to come from God. That's why Paul's praying for it. Brothers and sisters, 
There is joy in serving Jesus. In case we haven't conveyed that very well, just know that the Bible teaches us there is joy in serving Jesus. Jesus is risen from the dead, never to die again. And he is seated at the right hand of our Father in heaven, and he's preparing a place for us, and he's coming to bring us to be with him forever. So we can fully enjoy God forever and ever. And he's going to overcome every hindrance for those who humbly say, Save me, Lord, I am yours. Save me. Whosoever calls on the name of the Lord in a humble, childlike way will be saved. I don't know if the verse of the week is sinking in, but we have an inheritance kept for us in heaven, reserved for us, that's undefiled. Thieves can't break in and steal it. The stock market can't affect it. It's going to be good. That's an understatement. And guess what? We are being kept for it. It's being kept for us, and we are being kept for it. Christian, you are going to make it. Oh, that the word of God would land on us. I was praying this morning, Jesus, help me to believe you. Would you help me to believe the gospel? I can only ha <laughs> handle so much of my kids and their dogs. But with Jesus, with Jesus walking with me, I can keep going. And I can do it authentically with joy. If Jesus is helping me and he's walking with me and he's filling me with his a knowledge of his will, like Drew, this, this is what I want you to do. And yeah, I want you to do it now, again. Come on, come with me. Now, this is what I want. Okay, if this is what you want, where you guide, you will provide. So, and he does. There is joy in following this Jesus, even though now, if need be, we are slammed with various trials. Since the testing of our faith, being more precious than gold that perishes, will be found to result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus comes again. Paul wanted these Colossian believers to rejoice in all that was theirs in Christ and all that would soon be theirs when he returned. Notice right after he mentions that prayer for endurance with joy, he immediately adds that he's praying that they would be giving thanks to the Father who qualified them to share an inheritance of the saints in light. That's a joyful anticipation of believers coming into their inheritance. He says in verse 12, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share an inheritance of the saints in light. You might be saying some days, Lord, I am so unworthy. And you know what he He would say back, yeah, you're right. You are unworthy. But my son is not. And his worthiness counts for you. 
His worthiness is going to count for you. I'm going to make your sin count on Him, and I'm going to make His worthiness count for you. It's God the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance in the saints in life. We're not qualified on our own. We're not qualified. We're disqualified because of our sins and our frequent failings. But Jesus is qualified, and through Him, the Father has qualified you, if you're a believer, to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Now, I don't know what that's going to be like. But I got a little whisper of it today as I drove down by Goose Lake and the sun was beaming and a pack of does crossed the road. And then as I looked to the east, I saw this big old buck out in that field and the light of the sun was glistening off of his antlers. And it was so beautiful. The way God made this world and creates light and color. And I can't imagine what that inheritance of the saints in light is going to be like, except that I know it's going to be beyond description. Notice in this verse, verse 12, that Paul starts to include himself. He's, instead of saying, you, 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 I'm praying this for you, then in verse 12 he says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you, to the, I'm sorry, verse 13, he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his son. You were once ruled by the devil, the kingdom of darkness. You had your being in that. Maybe you thought you were free, but you were in bondage. But in Christ, he tra- the father transfers you. He rescues us from that bondage to destruction. And he brings us into the kingdom of his dear son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Hallelujah. We have redemption, the forgiveness of sins through Jesus Christ. Back to the beginning of the sermon. Remember the things that are invisible are the most important things. Now, when Jesus comes again, we will be given eyes to see what now is invisible to us. And those things we will enjoy with him forever and ever. But listen, brothers and sisters, your sins, if you belong to Jesus this morning, your sins are forgiven. All of them. So in conclusion, let's pray that God would fill us with a knowledge of his will, so we will obey it and love him more. Let's pray that God's Holy Spirit would fuel us to have endurance and patience with joy in obeying Jesus. Not that we would just grit our teeth and make it through. Sometimes that feels like all we can do, but Let's, let's ask that God would so fill us with his spirit that we would have moments and more and more moments of endurance and patience with joy in following Jesus on the Calvary road of self-sacrificial love. And let's pray that God would fuel us by his spirit to give him thanks 
more for all that we have in Jesus. Let's pursue knowing God's will more intimately. What does he want? And then obeying it. And then finally, let's ponder. Let's ponder the glory of what God has given us in Christ. And let's praise our great God. Let's praise Him. We praise Him here on a Sunday morning. But you know where the real, the real uh, major praise happens is on Monday morning when the kids have a, they have a dirty diaper or your boss calls you and he's all hacked off at you. And in those moments you pray, Lord Jesus, I need you now, help me now. And by the way we depend on him, receive help from him, and then live in obedience to him, he gets praised. He gets praised. Have you ever wondered why God allowed so much of life just to be filled with the mundane? Because in the mundane, he wants to be praised. So, let's pray together. I'll stay up front following our closing. If anyone wants prayer. Precious Lord, how we thank you for all that is ours through Jesus Christ. Lord, forgive me, forgive the rest of us here who are guilty of it, of being so slow to believe all that is written in the law and the prophets about the glory of Jesus Christ. Lord, forgive us for our slowness to believe the gospel. And would you help us to believe that you really are that great and you really are that good. And somehow even our trials are working, they are producing for us an eternal weight of glory that far outweighs these temporary trials and tears. Lord, help us to believe in all the promises of God in Jesus Christ. And Lord, fill us with knowing what you want and obeying it. I ask all this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.